Let's go ahead and get into our notes. And uh, this week, I simply want to talk to you about untroubled growth. Because we're about knowing God better and trusting Him more. We talk about growth all the time. You've been around Celebration Church from day one. We say we're going to be a move forward kind of people. That we're even cool with you if you're here this morning and you're kind of on the fence if this whole Jesus thing, God thing is even legit. We get it. We've all been there before. I think it's awesome that you're that way and you're sitting in one of these chairs listening to me right now. That's incredible. And we understand that not everybody may be on full page of understanding that what Jesus has done for us and have our faith fully engaged with him and embracing the fact that we're made right with God only by believing and accepting what Jesus has done on our behalf. Maybe you're here wondering if God's really legit or whatnot, and we're cool with that. You can hang out with us that way all you want. Our hearts are is that we just want you to be open to, to growth, open to move forward. If you go from, from being an atheist to saying that there's no way God even exists to going to agnostic and going, you know what, God's out there, but I don't think anybody really knows who he is. That was a step forward. You went from thinking he wasn't even there to at least he's there, but no one knows his name. We can kind of we can make some progress with that. Guess what? We can tell you his name. We can introduce you to him. And just stay with us. And so we're good with that. We're a move forward kind of people. Some people move like just incredible trajectories, and some of us move a little slower. And we're fine with that. We're not poking and prodding you and forcing you to grow at some sort of ridiculous growth rate. We just want you to be open to what the Holy Spirit's doing. But in that, in that, I know from personal experience, and anybody who's been pursuing God for any length of time knows, you can feel like you hit a wall. And you feel like all of a sudden in this place of loving God and growing that, feel like you're having trouble just being a believer. That there's all this trouble at work and there's this trouble at other stuff and there's trouble at other fronts and then you find you, you open your Bible and you feel like that's some trouble. You feel like it's, things are dry and your prayer life is dry and church is not interesting and you're having a hard time being engaged with other believers or, or you just feel like you're at the same place and you're just stuck. Well, I want to talk to you today about that. Because that doesn't have to be the case. We need to shift and we take one little mental shift. And then all of a sudden and just let the floodgates of growth open back up. In your notes you say, in Christ we can live untroubled in a troubled world. And we've looked at this truth over and over again. John, 3, John 16, 33. It says, I've told you these things. He told them some difficult things they didn't want to hear. And then he follows it with, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. He's like, you, get, you just told us a bunch of stuff that rips peace away from us, and now you say you want us to have peace? Jesus, why are you messing with us? Why are you doing this? He lets them know, in this world you will have trouble. You're going to. There's an enemy. Let's just get real. There's a you and a me. So many times we can just try to blame everything on the devil and I think he gets a little more credit than he deserves. Sometimes it's just you and I being knuckleheads, being difficult, selfish. Sometimes it's just us. That in this world you will have trouble. He says, but take heart, I have overcome 
the world. This whirlwind, this cycle, this place we live where trouble seems to pop up everywhere. We don't have to be this ball in a ping pong machine of trouble bouncing all over the place. We can be steady and move forward and not go from trouble to trouble to trouble. But we can take heart. We can have this steadiness. Why? Not because we're told to take heart and get your stuff in line because you say you follow me and I'm not going to have one of my kids acting that way. That's not what he says. Don't you dare misrepresent me in the community. How dare you say you follow me and you're going to act like that. That's not what he says. There are people who will tell you that. That's what he says. He says take heart. Why? Not because you can do better. But because he's overcome the world. He has overcome where we slip up, where we get off, where we get stalled is when we put the responsibility back in our lap instead of trying to do something for God instead of letting Him do something for us. That's where we slip up every time, every time, every time. And when we come back and get into that flow of His love and His grace and let the Holy Spirit have reign in our lives, everything changes. I've always loved to build stuff. I've always enjoyed hammers and nails and saws and I'm by no means a carpenter everything I do needs to be painted and lots of caulk and so but I enjoy it I don't do anything stain grade man you got to be good to do stain grade and um but um I need uh I need lots of caulk and um and so when I was a kid I loved to build stuff and I loved the whole concept of inventions and uh uh, I invented a little thing that we talked to a lawyer about at one point, and then a few years later I see it on an HBO special about new inventions. I'm like, there went my dreams at 10 years old. And uh, anyways, and so, but I, I had a tree, my favorite climbing tree on the side of my house. And I loved it. to be able to climb up in it. Odessa is flat. So you got a big tree, and you get to the top, and you can see, like, forever. You can, like, literally see heaven and hell at both ends. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's awesome. And so, and um, it, you just climb up in there. So I love this tree, and I decided I wanted to build an elevator. And so I got, we had an old fence gate. And uh, so I took the fence gate and laid it down, and that was my base for my elevator. And I put some ropes on it, brought it all together to a nice thing. I had a pulley system that had a couple of pulleys so I can get my mechanical advantage. And I uh, got my elevator going. I forgot to put some stabilizers on there. And I ended up breaking a window on its maiden voyage. And, hey, Mom, you tore my, my elevator down. And so, uh, and, uh, but in that, I was sitting there and riding that thing up. And I'm supposed to be, an elevator is supposed to be this thing of rest. You get in it. You stand in it. You push the button. It takes you there. You get out on a new level. That's the way an elevator is supposed to work. My elevator didn't work quite that way. I got on my elevator and I'm sitting. I'm resting on the bottom of this gate. But the whole time I've got my rope and I'm just working a sweat. Getting my fingers busted into the, the little pulleys and getting too close and getting pinched. And working, 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 working and just struggling, struggling to get my elevator to go up into the tree. I struggled so hard. I get it all shaken. That's when I busted the window. And, and then everything was ruined at that point. You know, so many times we can kind of mix things. Life actually worked a little better when I just climbed the tree on my own power. And then when I tried to mix this thing... 
this thing that was supposed to, to be, this thing that was supposed to lift me and make things better, and I decided to add my own work and, and had to work by my own power, it actually was a worse system. It actually messed things up. And so many times we remember and we say, we say, God, I thank you, Lord, I give it to you. And then as soon as there's a little bit of a breather, man, we take it back and we start working, 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 working. And we so want to do that. We so want to try to rest in him and work, 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 work. And somebody says, are you resting? Yeah, I'm right here. I'm on my gate. I'm sitting here. Trying, 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 trying. There's this place as believers where we can enter this place of rest. And he began to work in us. So many times are the bumps that we hit are bumps that we think, I can't. There's no way. God, I'm too small. We get real honest, God, I don't know that you're big enough. These places, and then all of a sudden it ends right back up in our laps. Let's look at how this is supposed to go. Because growth means doing some new things and thinking new ways. Begins to let our mind shift in the way we think. And that's where it starts. And praise God, we, we, that was spoken at our men's retreat. Our men's retreat was awesome, by the way. Yeah. So all you guys that didn't get to go, you can get, go next year. Just think Veterans Day. Veterans Day next year. Mark your calendar. November 10th, 11th, and 12th. And it was amazing. But that was what was talked about, about this whole concept of, of growing and moving forward in God and resting in His finished work. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. It says, So Christ Himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers... Okay, this is what's referenced in the church world as the five-fold ministry gift. I believe every, every believer is a minister, but not every minister is an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. These are some specific gifts that have some specific roles. And, it, and these are given to equip the people. I like this other translations that say to equip the saints, the believers, for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. I think we understand we still need some of that in the, in the Christian world. We need some unity of everybody. And so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. That's why you and I are growing to know God better and trust Him more. Paul wants that. And become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's where we're growing. You want to see where you, God's taking you? Look at Jesus. You're like, oh my goodness, that's intimidating. Only if you have to do it. It's intimidating if you think, ooh, I have to be that. Ooh, I have to be that. But when you recognize that's where he's taking you, that's where he's growing you from the inside out, all of a sudden it begins this place of hope. That if I will give him the reins that he's going to create in me and make me more and more into the image of Jesus. It says, then you'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves. That's someone who's stuck. Someone who's just bobbing around in their Christian life. They feel like my growth is getting nowhere. They're just tossed this and that and whatnot. It's going nowhere. Blown here and there and everywhere and by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, 
speaking the truth in love, we will, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. He goes on later in the chapter to say that that, however, is not the way of life you'd learned. He, talked to, he was talking about what not to do in those verses before. And he says, when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught re- with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Every time we get back into the old self, that deceitful desire thing comes in and it begins to jack our lives up all over again. How do we not do that? Instead, be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self, created to be like God in the true righteousness and holiness. See, the thing is that so many times this new self is awkward. This new self is awkward. Man, we, we had some men who were, who were fired up and excited about some things ready to go home and begin to do things a little bit different in their home. And one of their number one concern was, I just don't know how, it just, it just seems a little weird to me. All of a sudden, I'm now going to begin to pray with my wife. I don't know, praying out loud is kind of odd. All of a sudden, I'm going to begin to, to lead my family in this. I don't even know where. Sometimes the new stuff feels a little awkward. And you know what you need to do? You need to just chill out. And don't feel like you have to do it right every time man when i got released of that man my life changed forever i for something i was i was born in with this thing that i hate failure i hate it i hate it i hate it i will refuse to do something if i don't think i can do it well in the natural i just will when i was a kid even when i was learning to talk i had a hard time with the brs I'd say all sorts of different things. Mom would say, say dog, and I'd say dog. Say cat, say cat. Say these other words, and I would say them, say them. Say Brandon. I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't even say his own name over and over again. Finally, when I dared to say it, I said Brandon. I said it wrong. Yeah, it's cute, but when you're looking, you're like, I know I'm messing this up. And I would not say it because I could not articulate it. And I did this all through my growing up. I'm not athletic. I've shared that with y'all over and over again. But I enjoy being outside. I enjoy things. But I so hated that I couldn't be the best, so I just wouldn't play sports. I just hated that I couldn't be the star on the team, so I just wouldn't play. I found out later in life that I enjoy basketball. People don't like playing with me because I bruise them. But I like it, and I enjoy basketball. I'm not fast. I cannot jump. And, uh, but, man, I can catch a ball, rebound, and dish it to somebody who can make the shot. I can do that. And I enjoy it. But I didn't play any basketball as a kid because I was so, I, I was so locked up by this, by this thing that there's an awkward period. And at some point, you have to recognize that God is telling you, when he says you can move forward, you can move forward. When he says go, you're like, God, I'm not ready. You're ready. Believe it or not, you're ready. Because learning new things often means some degree of trouble. We're reminded in that we started this out. Within this world, you will have trouble. There's some things that just don't click the first time. Trouble in this area should not surprise us. We should not get blindsided by trouble in our growth with God. 
Why? Because as we step into new things in every area, in every area, there's a learning curve. There is. Man, as you're learning to, you're learning to walk as a little one, you fail a lot of times. It is a blast to watch a little kid use a, a little baby use a spoon for the first time. They get that spoon and they sit there and stick it in the food. And then it comes up and it's coming and they're so excited. Their mouth opens up and they go. <laughs> and man, and sweet potatoes are all over their forehead. Or they miss and shoot it all over the wall or by you behind them. And then the next spoon comes up and they realize that was wrong. And then they stab themselves in the throat with the... That's why you get the safety spoons. And then you, get, you sit there, and then all of a sudden, at some point, they meet, and they like get a little bit on their lip, and it falls in their mouth, and they're like, yes! And then pretty soon, they're just hammering it. They're just taking care of business. They're just eating with it. And all of us hate that weird thing that, well, what if I say something wrong in my prayer? So what? What? You're praying. God's just like, yes, he's doing it. They're talking. What if I don't fully understand what I read in the Bible? So what? You're reading. You're putting it in. Whatever you don't understand, find somebody you think might understand and talk to them about it. All of a sudden, here's this organic Bible study. As two friends say, I was reading in this and I don't get it. And somebody says, hmm, let's read that together. Cool stuff starts happening. Growth starts happening if we'll just dare to do it. But this is what we need to understand. James 1.4 Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Another translation says, Let patience have its perfect work that you may be <coughs> mature and complete, not lacking anything. Well, I think most of us, when we get frustrated in our growth with Christ, that we look and we see places that were immature and incomplete. He, the Bible's recognizing. He's not saying you're a loser. He's not saying you failed God. He's not saying, well, you should be on this by now. He says, stay patient. He says, stay patient. Why is everything in, our, in every bit of trouble, I don't care what kind of trouble it is, every bit of trouble tries your patience. Every bit of it. Why does trouble try our patience? And why does sitting there, if our patience snaps, what, gets, what automatically gets kicked out? The good end. The enemy wants to come in when our patience begins to wear thin. It's trying to get you to quit before you get to the intended result. Stay with it. Let patience, let the peace of God stay in the process. Have its perfect work. And then as we look up, we won't be dealing with the same things over and over and over again. Years ago, I learned how to fly. And when I was first doing it, I thought I'd never be able to, to control a plane on the ground and taxi and use the rudders. It was just so weird. And I just and I went up there just laughing at me up in the tower. I just looked like a drunk guy all over the place. Just trying to drive with my feet. And all of a sudden one day I could do it. And then we were able to go up and do touch and goes. And at some point you have to do you have to solo. You have to be in the plane all by yourself. 
And my instructor was up there, and we go up, and we're doing touch and goes, going around, going around. He said, all right, I want you to go drop me off at the, at the hangar. You're about to solo. I'm like, you should have given me some warning. You should have given me some warning. He's like, I'm, like I, I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about this. He said, you did the last two takeoffs and landings all by yourself. I was sitting there. I wasn't touching anything. When I sat there and I got to the end of that runway and I smashed that gas in and I took off, I was sitting there and I was trusting that that guy knew what he was talking about. He saw something. I didn't, I didn't tell hey, buddy, get out of this plane. I don't need you anymore. That was not it. I was doing that simply because he said, you can. And sure enough, I took off. I got up in the air and I got it back down on the ground again. It was one of the coolest things, one of the coolest feelings ever. And God has reminded me over and over again. You trusted that guy when he told you that you could go up in the air and get back on the ground again. Won't you just trust me when I tell you you can do this? Won't you just take me at my word like that? Lord, I'm trying. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And you know what? He does. He does. 1 Corinthians 13 says, When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. And when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. There is a becoming process. It's not instantaneous. So there are these moments where things are showing up that are a little childish, and things are showing up that are a little adultish. And there's this little becoming part. And at some point, we've put off the childish things in whole. Be comfortable in that weird moment. Let go. God's not beating you over the head on the little childish stuff that's, that's still there. When He met you, you were immature in your faith. It wasn't a surprise that you were childish in your faith. It's not a surprise. Just let Him grow you. Take the pressure off yourself and let him grow it in you. It says, for now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. When we look at ourselves, we, see, we, we bounce this off and, and we still see a reflection of us. It says, but then when we stand before God, we're finally, that's going to be back. And our image of us isn't tainted, this relationship with God anymore. And we'll see him face to face. I think part of this growth is letting that image of us quit being in our mind and just get a full image of Him. Just get a full image of Him. Now I know in part, and then I shall know even as I am fully known. We want to shut it down with this. God is faithful to complete what He has started in us. That is so refreshing. Paul is speaking to the Philippians. We talked about this in the, in the Joya series. That Paul's confidence was that God was going to be faithful to complete the work. You and I need to do that with each other. Give each other a little latitude and go, what? You know what? You stay in the flow of what God's doing in your life, and He's going to finish it. He's going to get you to your destination. But you also need to do that for yourself a little bit. And say, I recognize that God started something in me and started something in my life and He started something in my family and He started something here and He is going to be faithful to complete it if I'll just roll with Him. Philippians 1. In all my prayers for all of you, I, pray, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. 
being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion in the day of Christ. Folks, so many times we're embarrassed about our immaturities. We're embarrassed about our struggles. We hate our previous trouble, hate our current trouble. But sometimes that growth cycle gets accelerated when we will let God use our trouble that he's brought us through and let it come full circle and become a place of ministry in someone else's life. All of a sudden, there's a release in that. The shame goes away. The strength of what he's done in your life is magnified. And this is perfectly laid out in Paul's writings to the Corinthian church in his second letter. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. He's not rebuking us, smacking you, telling you you should have known better. He comforts you in all your troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. You feel stuck in your growth. I dare you to share the couple of troubles that God has brought you through with somebody else. You will see the cork come off like crazy. I dare you to be honest with somebody and say, you know what, I used to struggle on this front and I used to deal with this and God's bringing me to a place. I'm not done, but praise God, I'm not where I was. And you begin to open up to Him and you begin to open up to others and I'm telling you, it will pop the cork off of your lid in your life. Dare to be used of God where you are and how you are and I'm telling you what, man, your growth will go. The enemy wants to isolate us and shut us down. We looked at it this last weekend that we overcome by the word, by the blood of the Lamb, by what Jesus has done, and the word of our testimony. Your testimony is powerful. Just saying it will change your life, and I guarantee it will change someone else's too. He goes on in chapter 4 of that same letter and says, All of this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, do not lose heart. Remember, we look, Jesus told us to take heart. Stay in that place. Don't lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. The junk on the outside does not mean near as much as, this, as what God's doing on the inside. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. We see the big picture. We see, man, God, you're bigger than all our troubles. You're bigger than all of this. And God, I can love you, and I can express love to others no matter what the mess is that happened in my life. And you begin to step in that, and you will just grow and grow and grow. But as soon as we get inward and owe me and all that, now I'm telling you, your lid's right there. It's right there. Until you allow and you dare to be honest. That's what I loved about what we began to see at our men's retreat. There's guys just being honest. Guys saying, man, I've dealt with this. I'm struggling with this right now. Pray for me on this front. 
Somebody's sharing, this is what God, this is who I used to be, and this is what I've done, and praise God, I'm not that anymore, not by me, but by what he's done. Man, you just begin to see all the men getting built up. That's how God works through us, through each other. That's why small groups are so important. We begin to uh, have the give and take. This is important. Sunday mornings are important. They're special. But a small group has a different dynamic where you can open up and you can share. You can get the prayer you need and the support you need. But all this growth, all this place, all this begins in that first moment. You start right where you are. Right there. You don't got to run half a mile down the road to catch the Jesus bus. Jesus bus pulls right up to your curb. It's right at your curb. So I want to create a quiet moment. If you're here this morning and... All of a sudden, the lights come on, and you're like, Brandon, I get it. I get it. I thought that this whole Christian thing was about me getting built up and firing myself up to really, really do something for him, really change my life and be a better person. But I recognize that that's not what this is about. This is about that he saw me where I am and how I am and loved me so much, and he's died for me, and he's made it where I can be right with Papa God, based not on myself or anything I'm going to do, but based on what Jesus did. If you're here this morning and you're ready to place your faith in that, that Jesus is enough. He's enough. The truth is, He's more than enough. It goes so much further than you have any idea. (sighs) It goes so much further than you understand. Oh, If that's you, I want you to just lift your hand. In T9, there'll be people over there if you're in T9. Yes, yes, awesome. 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 Believers, I want you to just lift your voices with these. See, the thing is, if you've you've believed it, you've stepped over from death to life right now. This next prayer, you're praying as a child of God, not to become a child of God. So let's pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you've done for me. That Jesus is enough. His death, His burial, His resurrection took care of all my sin and shame. I am your child today because of what He's done. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit who is now within me And it's going to begin to change me from the inside out. I give you full permission to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.